Fancies. I'm Gabby. And I'm Kim. And we are two paranormal investigators who delve into the depths of the famous and not-so-famous cases of Moida, ghosts, legends, and lore with a healthy dose of debunking. Is it going to be a debunking kind of evening? Ooh, it's going to be a legends and lore kind of evening with like a little sprinkle of debunking, if you will. A light drizzle. A light drizzle. Like, if you're in Seattle at any point in the year, you'll have some kind of risk of slight drizzle. <laughs> and then you wait 10 minutes and it'll change. Yep. Yeah. Although for this episode, it'll be pretty consistent. So at least uh, you know what to expect. Um, but before we get into this episode, I wanted to throw it over to you. Oh, yes. Because I am proud of my friend, <laughs> my ghoulish partner, Kim Douthit, for uh, what she's about to be doing in the next couple of weeks. You, you want to talk about it a little bit? Sure. Uh, so for those of you who may be local, Crypticon is coming up if you are local to the Pacific Northwest area. Big exciting time. I'm always very excited about it. I've been paneling there for a number of years now. I have the honor this year of not only paneling nine panels, Gabby. Nine. nine. That's a lot. It's a lot of panels. Uh, I also have a film in the Short Film Festival. Hell yeah. Yeah, which also just had its um, premiere at uh, the Boneback Comedy of Horror Film Festival this past weekend. So that was a lot of fun. But no, I'm going to be doing uh, nine panels. Uh, I will also be interviewing, this is one of them, I'm going to be interviewing the Crypt Keeper himself. Or at least the the voice actor. (laughs) Y'all. I just, like, can someone have, like, his cutout just, like, in front of him while you're interviewing him? You know, I'm sure in his booth (laughs) there will be a cutout. Uh, He's been... Life size. Absolutely. It's the only way to go. Uh, (laughs) Undead size. I don't know. Well, it's it's cool, too. He's a big theater guy, which I didn't actually realize until I started doing some research into him uh, for the interview. And Mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm kind of stoked about that to, like, theater nerd out on him a little bit but be fun yeah but no i i i have for that friday saturday and sunday i will be doing uh panels that whole time um i've got some of the dates may 20th 21st and 22nd hell yeah dude and it's out at uh the double tree by SeaTac airports and yeah, uh, my panels are ranging from i think i kick off on friday with a ghost stories and then dying obsession Uh, I have a horror heroines before Ripley history of the child's play franchise. Um, the most interesting lesser known serial killers, which should be a really cool one. Nice. As well as I'll be giving a presentation on true tales of murder. So I'll show some really epic crime scene photos. Uh, there's a, are you going to call it Moida? No, (laughs) (laughs) no, I won't. (laughs) <laughs> we take that shit seriously. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, I will be doing uh, a queer horror panel, which I'm really stoked on. So cool. Yeah, well, and there's there's been some... I did a queer horror panel a couple years ago, which was cool, but I feel like even since then, there has been a lot of really positive and interesting development in, in queer representation in the horror industry. So I'm, I'm kind of stoked about that. Um, nice. Yeah. And a panel on James Wan on female horror directors. Like it's, it should be a really good weekend. There's going to be some amazing guests. Elvira is going to be there. Bill Mosley is going to be there. Uh, the, the most of the cast of child's play is going to be there. 
it's going to be a really good weekend. So if you're in the area or even if you're not, I mean, we have people coming up, uh, all up and down the West coast, honestly, come in, come in for this convention. It's a really nice one. And it's part of what I really like about Crypticon is it's a good size. It's, that's what she said. Hey, it's not huge. Hey. <laughs> so we're already getting started on the, the right we're, we're getting, we're getting, we're getting it in there. Hey. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's a good it's it's not um, overwhelmingly busy, right? It's it's very well attended, but it's not jam packed. You don't feel claustrophobic. At least I never have. Um, and and everybody there is super nice, and it's it's really cool. There's a great vendor room, great panels, great movie screenings. Again, you can come check out my horror film as well, my horror short. So this is all like complete shameless plugs for me. But there you go. All the I'm plugs. excited to go on Saturday. Yes, I'm so. excited that you're coming out Saturday. I know it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. But anywho, that's uh, we have to do the plug at the beginning for mm-hmm. this one because it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. So excited for Crypticon. Excited and, for uh, Crypticon. I'm excited for the tchotchkes. They've got oh, such yeah. fun tchotchkes. Their vendor room it's is such a awesome. Good I always end up with far too many new DVDs, mostly from Vinegar Syndrome. They have a great, great, they always give you really good deals. And then just like the weird, Stuff. I got like a weird alien doll. I had one of my, I have a creepy doll. It's not haunted. She just looks like she should be. She can hang out with Millie and have you unboxed? No, she's still in a box. Oh, shit. I've been the so busy. I've been so busy. Uh, yeah, I've been, I've been really busy and I feel bad because I want to like make a whole moment of it. And every time I think about it, it's late and I'm like getting ready for bed and I'm like, oh, I should. No. Soon enough. We'll have to report once you do. We will. We will. But anywho, this is, uh, do you know what episode number this is, Kim? Do you have any idea? Uh, given our topic, I now have a rather graphic guess. (laughs) And what is it? Um, would it be number 69, Gabby? It is episode 69. Uh, of course it is. And, you know, the 12-year-old boys that we are, yes. uh, we could not let this opportunity get away from us without taking advantage, pun intended. Of 69 I mean. The number of our episode. <laughs> it's going to be one so, of those episodes, folks. Sorry. Fair warning. Telling you now. It's going to be a wild ride, pun intended. That's what she Um, said. Yes, lots of those. For episode 69, we are going to delve into the depths of legend and lore and get intimate with the realm of the succubus and incubus, uh, not involving Brandon Boyd. Sorry, kids, not the band. But very excited to get into this. Succubus topic. Suck you who? Succubus. Ew. <laughs> That's feels like that would taste of metal and oh, exhaust. Geez. Oh gosh. No. No, no, thank you. No, thank you, um, octopus. No, thank no, you, succubus. Thank you. No, thank you, succubus. Oh, there you go. Uh that'll be our hashtag for the second. No, thank you, succubus. <laughs> no, thank you, succubus. So You know, one thing I want to start off by saying is that I tried so hard to find, like, a legitimate experience that could be proven with fact for this because of how we function. You tried hard. I tried very hard. It was hard. 
It was really so hard. Wait, I need to hear more about how hard it is, Gabby. How hard it was. How hard was it? In detail. It was so enragingly hard. Engorgingly hard. (laughs) Engorging. I'm so fucking tired. It was so engorgingly hard to find anything about a legitimate situation. But have no fear. Let's start first with where this came from. Sure. What, what are we talking about? Because yeah, there might be people at home who don't know about sucking your bus. <laughs> or succubus. Or succubus. Or succubi. Succubi. Or yes. Or oh, okay, wait. If, suck you by. I have a question. Qu- clarify. I might question. have an answer. <laughs> suck you by. Um, is this like a bisexual succubus? Is succubi? an octopi a bisexual octopus? An occupy is a bisexual octopus. <laughs> Tangents galore. No, it just means there's more than one. Um, it's just plural. Right. I'm just saying suck you by. I mean, maybe. I'm not going to say no to it, but this brings up an interesting question. I'll come back to this. I'm going to circle back okay. on uh, what that could potentially be. But let's talk about the idea of succubi and incubi. Incubus and succubus date back to and like where it comes from exactly. Sure. And it's not the well-known rock band of the late 90s, early 2000s that went to my high school. Um, but it was actually a, a piece of legend and lore that dates all the way back to medieval and biblical times, which is kind of Ooh. wild. Biblical. Biblical. So they, they showed yes. up in Le Babel. Yes. So we will get into that. But let's talk about definitions first. So like the definition of a succubus, the term succubus was used for the first time in the late 14th century to describe a supernatural being that was derived from a Latin word succuba, meaning to lie beneath. Hmm. And it's uh, a combination of Latin words um, to lie beneath as a female essentially sex demon. So basically it first appeared in medieval English. And by the late 15th century, these particular creatures were pretty well known and uh, often discussed by theologians who um, tried to explain their origin, uh, how they reproduced. Apparently they reproduced. Mm. Um, But it's kind of impossible to talk about a succubus without talking about an incubus. They kind of, Go hand in hand. That's sure. their PIC, for lack of a better term, right? So the incubus is the male version of a succubus, essentially. So it's said to attack women at night. Um, and a succubus is said to attack men. Um, so an incubus uh, essentially can't reproduce on its own. Neither can a succubus. So technically, the succubi and incubi work together together. <laughs> To reproduce and to produce demon offspring. Mm. Um, How, you may ask, do they do this? Um, Sex. I have a real fun paragraph for you. Okay. Is it a sex paragraph? Succubi collect semen from their trysts with men. And then they pass the semen off to the incubi, who then use it to impregnate women. It's like passing the Olympic torch of jizz ah, from sure. <laughs> the woman demon to the man demon to impregnate an actual woman. 
Uh, and allegedly, 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 a child or cambion is another term for it would be born with demonic characters. So we think of maybe some stories where there's a demon child born. Sure. Um, so clearly these two sex demons have many similarities and have a close working relationship, pun intended. But some scholars have suggested that the succubi and incubi are actually one in the same, in the same creature. And they are able to shift between female and male forms according to their sexual partners. So these uh, creatures not only do the deed, but afterwards they leave their victims mm-hmm. drained of energy, blood, and life to strengthen itself to continue its pursuit in demon babies. Yay, demon babies. I just call Yay, them babies. babies. Or actual, just, just regular Just babies. Children. Just, just babies. They're all kind of demonic in my mind. So that's the general gist, if you will. Some ideas of some thoughts of how they function. Sure. So let's talk some lore. Okay. Let's. Allegedly. Allegedly. The earliest writings date back to Mesopotamia, all the way back to 2400 BC, which is wild. That's to me. crazy, yeah. It was believed that a demonic creature called Lilu or Lilitu. Is that based would, off of Lilith? Uh, hold on to that. Uh, thought. Right. Would erotically seduce men and women in their dreams. But the actual title of Succubus and Incubus didn't come up till later, till the 14th, 15th century. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were then considered those mytho- mythological, mythical demons. But um, folklore actually describes that the succubi force the men <laughs> to perform cunnilingus, which I think is force. great. <laughs> Force. I think what's also really interesting to think about when talking about this stuff is like, who wrote it? Who Men. came up with these ideas? Men. And like, why? Men. Right? So like marinate on that for a little bit and we'll come back to it. Um, having repeated sexual activity with the succubus could also lead to deterioration in both physical and mental health and potentially even lead to death for people that experience these things. Too much jizz. Allegedly. <laughs> Just really, <laughs> really bottled up. Porn, porn out of you. Oh, geez, gross. That, that like, visual is not fun. <laughs> You're welcome. Having uh, the idea of an incubus attack is technically based on the medieval lore of the nocturnal demonic visitation, too. So there's some, like, patterns in history and stories of these types of visitations that would come and sleep. Um, and the succubus was generally believed to appear specifically in nightmares, There was actually a Roman Catholic theologian named Thomas Aquinas, and he argued that the objective uh, existence of the incubus and succubus would lead to intercourse and pregnancy within a woman. Like, that was the main goal and purpose of it. So it's really wild to think about that all these different people in different cultures had some kind of story, and we'll get to all the different cultural stories, but first let's talk about what this demon looked like what 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 was it like to experience something like this 
So according to folklore belief, the succubus could take the form of a beautiful young girl who may have deformities on her body, things like bird-like claws Mm. or serpentine tails. And one of the few references to Lilith in the Bible is Isaiah 34, 14. And in the Bible, literally, she is referred to as a screech owl, Hmm. for example, a creature of the night, and also referred to as the night monster in the Good News Bible. I didn't sure. even know that anything <laughs> it's the good called news the Bible. Good News Bible. I need more information on the Good News Bible. You're going to have to utilize your friend Google for that because okay. I'm not looking it up right now. Um, but, you know, we'll come back to the story of Lilith in a second. But from the dawn of the succubus legend all the way through medieval times, succubi were considered like deformed, hideous, scary looking creatures. They were not this like beautiful girl all the time. Uh-huh. It actually could be... Uh, so an image of a an, a creature, essentially, that was a little bit smaller than a person, almost gargoyle-like with a kind of gargoyle face. That's <laughs> a technical term is gargoyle uh, And their fingers having like ragged claws, feet like raptors, and that they would stoop and crawl, not walk upright. Hmm. So very creature-like, something of like a demon of your nightmares type situation, not human, essentially. And as time evolved, it's the game of telephone that we talk about sure. often. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Things evolve, right? They Stories do. evolve. For better or and worse. And in the 18th, oh, yeah, I mean, choose your own adventure here. But in the 18th and 19th centuries, it started to, the story of the succubus started to take a more human-like uh, vision. And some people who would experience this type of visit would still describe it kind of animalistic, but more human-like. And today, the word succubus, if you think of that, like, I like to think of what you see in, like, horror movies or, like, shows. Like, for example, the show Evil. is Mm, That's something mm -hmm. we talked about in Mm -hmm. Creepy Critics Corner a while ago. There's an image of a particular type of succubus, and it is a beautiful woman, but there are some claws involved. There are some weird, you know, aspects of it, but it is something, someone that's, you would think you would be attracted to something beautiful, not something as terrifying, right? So that's part of it is that now a lot of people think it's like this tiny waisted, big boobed, beautiful, long, flowy hair, tiny little leather outfits, like use your own imagination for what this might look like for modern day capitalism purposes. Uh, And that's what a lot of people think of when they think of a succubus these days. But The charisma is a little different. There's more of a seductive power to match the looks for stories these days. Less like, I'm going to murder you and more like, I'm going to make you happy. Sure. Um, And so the only issue is that in the past, it's a very different perspective. It's a, I'm going to torment you and torture you and be vengeful and manipulate a man. That was the intent behind it. So... What's really interesting, too, is where these stories came from. So the most famous seductress of all time, you mentioned her, Lilith, Uh is known as the mother of all succubi. (laughs) Nice. Fun fact. Uh, She appears all over the place. She is in Sumerian, Egyptian, Greek, Roman, Judaic, and Christian mythology. She's all over. So she is actually blamed for diseases that were quote unquote inflicted on men, but also for wandering about at night, 
vexing the sons of men and causing them to defile themselves, um, end quote. I have a question for you. This is a very important question. Yes, where do me. Where do I apply for this job? Kim would like to be Lilith. I would like to wander at night cussing out men or cursing them or whatever and making them defile themselves. This oh. sounds like I like where seriously, how can I sign up for this? This sounds like the best thing ever. Actually, I think I'm already kind of doing it for free. I mean, does she get paid? That's an ultimate question. I mean, that would just She make... gets paid with the souls of men. I already own a bunch of those. <laughs> well, just you wait. She has more fun. I'll tell you some okay, of the more, okay. some of just, stories I'm about just, her. Like, if this is a recruitment pitch, I think I'm already there. All right. I love that. See, this was the perfect episode for yeah. you. All right. So she was originally called Lilitu, which was that name I was mentioning earlier. Mm-hmm. And she first appeared in Sumerian culture as a goddess of fertility and witchcraft. Ooh. Later, the Assyrians and Babylonians associated her with dark demons. The Greeks gave Lilith an extensive backstory. They also called her Lamia. She was a beautiful woman who Hera transformed into a monster after her beauty attracted Zeus's roving eye. Mm. In her new monstrous form, Lamia roamed the world, seducing men and eating babies. Cool. Got it. <laughs> Check. <laughs> Check that box. Seducing men, eating babies. Done. It's a Saturday night. Lots of protein. Night. So I mean, much protein. You know, that's how I stay young. <laughs> that's how she stays beautiful. Um, Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe it's eating babies. <laughs> God. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, Delphin, everyone. Um <laughs> Now, there's also Judeo-Christian mythology, and she also exists there. Uh, the They actually describe her as Adam's first wife and was created at the same time as him in addition to Eve. And Lilith left Adam and refused to return to the Garden of Eden after she mated with Archangel Samuel. And he mated with four succubi. So they're just having a good old time. I have a question, though. I have a question. Why is it that women are always labeled as being the slut when, like, this this bitch, Samuel, he's, like, laying with four succubi, and yet I bet you at the end of the day nobody was saying to Samuel... You, who these bitches? Who these bitches? They were like, they were, they were like, you sluts, you, and, like, giving Samuel high a five. nice high five and being like, yeah, my bro! Ah, uh, the patriarchy. Huzzah. Huzzah. You could hear the defeat in our tone. Uh, <laughs> anywho, um, from Mesopotamian to Hebraic, uh, Lilith was usually associated with the devil in both proximity and depiction. And unlike Eve, Lilith refused to honor Adam as her leader. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's right. Instead, she went off exploring on her own and discovered the Red Sea, apparently, which was where a ton of demons lived. And she liked the demons more than Adam. She was like, these guys are chill. Adam is giving me rules. I don't like it. I'm kind of with her. Like, the demons sound kind of awesome. Adam kind of sounds like a drag. Okay, but... 
she really liked these demons. So I mean, she how cute made are these demons? I just want you to know how cute are these demons. I, you know, I don't have vi- – we could look up some visual images of demons and you can let me know how you feel about I'm it. Gonna, I'm sure I'm Google, be doing Google that? can do so it for see. you. Hot demons. That's what I'm going to put demons. in. Hot demons. Oh, no. Demons. I don't think you want to go down that rabbit hole. I'd, I've already, Kim's going to find some really weird porn, guys, and it, we're just <laughs> not going to hear from her the rest of the episode and you're just going to have me. Wow. Did you – you know what I just learned, y'all? There is a song, apparently, called Hot Demon Bitches Near You. <laughs> what? Who sings it? Shermer Paul. What a name. Artist Corpse Husband. Oh, my God. Yes. I love it. We have to listen to it. This is, this is kind of amazing. Maybe uh, we'll make it our new music for our episode. Yeah. Um, I'm here for it. All right. Well, let's go back to that in a minute. But let me tell you a little bit about what happened with these demons that Lilith really liked a lot. So... She mated with them and began, quote, bearing Lilum at the rate of more than 100 per day. Lilum apparently were these demon children that went out into the world as demons, and some of them were as sexy and as independent as their mother. And apparently this is the birth of all of succubi. That's like a legend story of where they come from. Okay. Now, later, succubi actually pop up in witch hunts, which, again, is not surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, women who, quote, tried to seduce men were accused of being succubi in disguise. <laughs> okay. Uh, while women who became pregnant outside of wedlock were accused of consorting with incubi. Mm. Why do people always have to have some kind of, like, wild, paranormal excuse for shitty men? Like, that's literally what this is. It's nuts to me. Because, again, who's in power? Oh, I hate it so much. This is just, like, me going to be angry about men this entire episode. I mean, I mean. I mean, I know. We could go down that rabbit hole, but today is not the day. Today is not the day. (laughs) We, We are here, folks, to celebrate... The suck you by the women demons and the by succubus and the incubus that is not the band. Uh, um, <laughs> that too, although I really liked them when I was like in middle school, early high school. And fun fact this would be a great place to put in the fact that I got autographs from all of them oh and Lord. they wrote it out saying Gabin with incubus. Nice. That's an embarrassing story of my childhood. Uh, Anyway, moving on. So during the Renaissance and Romantic period, there was a pretty big decline in interest in the grotesque female demons. Sure. Um, instead, there were a lot of artists that actually shifted their attention to gr- the Greece's Lamia, who, similarly to the story of Lilith, um, were beautiful but in this case, unfairly cursed. So it was almost like they didn't deserve the the punishment that they had. So it wasn't until um, Gothic literature became a, a pretty popular thing that succubi started to be focused on again. And they were then changed from their original form to starting to look more beautiful and intelligent that then graduated and moved on to the future look of what we now see as succubi. Mm -hmm. But old rabbinical writings actually relate the legend of how Adam was visited over a period of 130 years by female demons and apparently had intercourse with demons, spirits, specters, lemurs, and phantoms. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, what an animalistic dude. All Mm. right. 
So now I want to get into a couple of different stories within like historical reference where you start to see succubi popping up a little bit. So another legend relates um, how under the reign of Roger, king of Sicily, a young man was bathing by moonlight and thought that he saw someone drowning. So he went over to try to rescue this person. He pulls this person from the water and it turns out to be a really beautiful woman. And he's like in love. Oh my gosh. So beautiful. Enamored. Mary her they have a child afterwards she disappears mysteriously with her child so guess what he tells everybody she's a succubus <laughs> i love that that's Bitch. why she's a succubus is because she left him like he probably was horrible and she was like yeah fuck this shit i'm out and his excuse is succubus all right cool it's actually what it says on my divorce papers succubus yep, that's it that's all it says nothing else is in the papers not even the word like it's just succubus in big letters and that's the end that's perfect yeah, i love it. it is. i love it so much now in the 15th century um i know we mentioned witchcraft before as well but specifically the historian hector minimus pronounce his name b-o-e-c-e bose bose boes uh, it was in like the late 1400s, early 1500s, had um, he wrote about the history of Scotland and he talked about a very handsome young man that was pursued by a female demon who would walk through his closed door and offer to marry him. Apparently, he went to his bishop, complained about it. Bishop told him to fast, pray and confess, and then she would go away. That's another fun story of someone who could potentially be a succubi, succubus. Um, and then there was also Pierre de Lanc, who was around in the mid to late 1500s, early 1600s. And he was a witchcraft judge and stated that in Egypt, an honest blacksmith was occupied in forging during the night when a demon in the shape of a beautiful woman appeared to him. He threw a hot iron in the face of the demon and then it disappeared. Cool story, bro. Um, <laughs> but like all of these little one-offs of like demon women, it's just, uh, the scully in me is losing my mind. Aww. Like, I just want you to know that like, this is what you've done to me, Kim, is I'm that so when I'm proud. researching this shit, I'm like, no, that's not a succubus. That's just a person and men are being dicks. It makes my cold dead heart so happy. Oh, good. Well, let's talk about other things that will make your cold dead heart happy. And that would be other cultural representations yes. of the succubi. So it's not just this like Judeo-Christian concept of Lilith that we see. Um, a lot of cultures actually have stories that are like part of their mythology. They're very analogous or similar to the storyline of the incubus and succubus. So for example, in Japan, I'm not going to get into each individual one because there literally are so many that I could do an episode on every individual one. So if nice. you want to look these up, by all means, friends, Go wild. Google is your friend. In Japan, they have been referred to as kanashibari. In China, as ghost oppression. Which I'm like, Wait, I'm sorry. Ghost oppression? Ghost oppression, which um, I have questions. I have so many questions. I feel uh, like not, we could be accused of that doing a ghost tour, maybe. Are we oppressing our ghosts, Gabby? Gabby, are we oppressing our Maybe ghosts? they'll come to you in your sleep and sit on you and tell you. None have yet. Not yet. Maybe soon. Maybe soon. Now, I know you've probably heard of the old hag. That's what yes. the children call me. <laughs> God damn it, Kim. 
which in English literature and also... It's also my nickname in high school. (laughs) Or it's also Kim, in case you're wondering. Hashtag Kim is the old hag. I am the Uh, old hag. That's her. Yeah, it is right here. This bitch. Simple. I mean, it's like Lilith, old hag. I'm taking it all. I'm owning all of it tonight. I'm just like all all of them. All of them are Kim. (laughs) I am all all women everywhere at all times. Hide so your this men, is basically, make them cry. <laughs> hide your men, make them cry. Um, this is basically a Kim biography. Yes. <laughs> the old hag Lilith. Yes. Um, in Arabic culture, there are descriptions of jinns. So I know I mentioned Jin? jinns. J i n n s. Sorry, I heard you say jinn. It's a. Di- that's not the alcohol. It's the demon. But, but Gabby, jinn. <laughs> Chin? Not as good as whiskey, but I'll drink it. Chin? I mean, you could drink her too, but she's going to be a little different. Mm-hmm. Different on the palate. Oh, but, oh. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Lordy. This is one of those episodes I'm like, I know my students sometimes listen to the podcast. Please, please, precious children, do not listen to this one. They're going to start calling you old hat. Oh, they already do. <laughs> That's the nicest thing they probably call me. (laughs) No. Anywho, gins, not the alcohol, but the demon, um, is part of Arabic culture. And actually, in the show Evil, the main Scully character is Mm, Arabic. mm -hmm. And he's like the ghost hunter dude who debunks everything. He's awesome. He's you, but as a different character. That's why I love him so much. So he actually has frequent visitations from a djinn in a lot of the different episodes. And the depiction of it is like exactly everything that we're describing. Um, And so they are also responsible for similar sexual acts like we talked about earlier and very manipulative. And according to African beliefs, men who experience having sex with a succubus in dreams find themselves exhausted as soon as they awaken. It's like, okay, maybe it's something else. I'm just saying. But uh, there's lots of different storylines. Um, now, I'm going to mispronounce like 90% of everything I'm about to say. Absolutely. So just fair warning. The Alp of Teutonic or German folklore is also considered a succubus. Um, in Zanzibar... Popobawa uh, primarily attacks men generally behind closed doors. I think it's funny that it says generally behind closed doors. Generally. Do they attack behind open doors? Like, can people see? I have questions. I have questions, Um, but also, where can I see? You know, all these are great questions. This is one of my questions. I really like these. Um, Again, legends and lore give us lots of questions and not a lot of answers. So in Hungary, a Lederk can be a satanic lover that flies at night and appears as a fiery light. It's also called an Ignis Fatis or Will-o'-the-Wisp. And it's could also be in its more benign form as a featherless chicken. <laughs> I'm just so curious about these Hungarian people and their featherless chickens. Featherless chicken. Isn't that it just, just it gives isn't that what quite people eat for dinner? Featherless chickens? I'm a you vegetarian. Know, I don't know these things. I mean usually they're dead when you eat them, but these are like walking around featherless chickens. So it's a little different. All right, all right, fair it's enough. still a very interesting image. I, I mean, um, you know 
And in Swedish folklore, there is the Mara or the Mare, um, which is a spirit or goblin that rides on the chests of humans while they sleep, giving them bad dreams or nightmares. Uh, there's also the belief in the mare that goes back to the Norse Inglinga saga from the 13th Ooh. century. In Turkish culture, hey. the incubus is known as the Karabasan. In India, and this is a really interesting one, the succubus is referred to as the Yakshini, which are actually attendants of the Hindu god of wealth, Kubera, or Ooh. Kubera. And they're considered to be guardians of hidden treasure in the earth. They're actually shown as beautiful, voluptuous women with wide hips, narrow waists, broad shoulders, and really exaggerated spherical boobs. <gasps> it's me! We've found her. Uh, Yakshinis are actually believed to provide gratification to the senses as mm. they have extreme beauty and have a power to delight the body. 36 different types of Yakshinis are described in the texts of the Tantras um, who fulfill the different desires of human beings. And they're believed to always remain young, beautiful, powerful, and effective. Ayo. Who, if pleased, can fulfill the materialistic desires of a person. Yakshini sadhana can be done by following specific Tantras. So, friends... Go do your homework and report back results, please. Let us know how it goes. So I always thought that the Indian one was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a, a handful of other references. Some of them involve the Caribbean Cocoma, which is the spirit of a deceased newborn. The Mexican Mesubio El Muerto, which is the dead body climbed upon me. <laughs> Wonderful. Nice image. And my personal favorite, the contemporary Western notion of space alien abduction. Nice. I don't know how that has to do with the succubus, but somewhere out there, some people think it does. So... How we ask. All right. That's all of it. That's all the legend and lore. That's all, that's like the gist of the the stories, right? Okay. But then we have to ask, like, how, how does one explain something like this happening? Across cultures, you got to think. Like, if it's happening to a lot of different people, different cultures, they're obviously like, like not talking. Like, it depends on what's going on. And how are you interpreting whatever is happening? Is it real? Is it not? Like, mm-hmm. what is causing it, right? And so the frightening explanation for these nocturnal experiences is actually still embraced by a lot of people today. Um, And a lot of people who have had this experience find that they are convinced by the demonic explanation. Like, I I mean, there are a lot of people that believe in a lot of wild things these days. Um, So it's not totally surprising that someone could think that. And at least initially you could think that because it's such an intense experience and it feels so real when it's happening. Mm -hmm. So, you know... Some people might think that an embarrassing nocturnal emission might have resulted from an uninvited demonic visitor. Or, you know, puberty. An unexplained pregnancy might have been explained as a result of a visit by an incubus because somebody didn't want to take responsibility for something. Prom night sex. You know? But let's talk psychology. No glove, no love. No glove, no love. Across the world, new threats emerge. Man-apes prowl the forests of North America. Giant cephalopods entwine ships in the Pacific. Man-eating crocodiles gnash unsuspecting swimmers in Australia. But one bureau has you covered. With the latest on monstrous shenanigans, 
in your backyard. Tune in, gentle listeners, for breaking news fresh from the teletype. Listen closely, for your lives may depend on it. Turn up the volume. It's time for... The Monsters Report! Psychology. Psychology. explanations. This is where we're going to scully a little bit. All right, let's do it. So in medical literature, researchers have tried to understand the phenomena of incubus as a feature of sleep paralysis and hypnagogic hallucination, which can easily cause someone to believe that a demon is literally holding them down. Sleep paralysis is frightening and overwhelmingly realistic, and it is another example of parasomnia. Mm -hmm. And 60% of the total human population, fun fact, suffers from sleep paralysis. It's a, for those of you who don't know what it is, it is a sporadic condition that causes your brain to regain consciousness before your body regains consciousness. I've had it happen before. It's fucking terrifying. I was just going to ask you. Yeah. Um, During an episode of sleep paralysis, people generally will suffer from hallucinations involving all five senses and an extreme sense of terror. Um, I know I've heard about a lot of ghost stories that have to do with, you know, waking up and having seeing a shadow person or having something sitting on you or like hearing things or smelling or tasting something. Again, the senses are kind of involved in that, but you have no physical ability to do anything about it. And it's terrifying. Um, These experiences can be considered hypnopopic, which occurs during the time that you're awake. And it can also occur hypnagogically. That's a long word, but that means just occurring while you're sleeping. And I'm curious, Kim, mm-hmm. I know you just said, I was going to ask you, have you ever had that experience? Yeah. What, is, what was it like when you had that experience? Uh, terrifying. It is absolutely terrifying. Um, I remember a specific incident, waking up and convinced this giant spider had moved <gasps> behind my door. And I couldn't move. And at some point I regained the ability to move, but I was afraid to move because I kept seeing the shadow of the spider. And I remember, um, I was, I was still with my ex-husband at this point. Uh, I remember finally, I I don't know if he'd been out smoking a cigarette or something like it, it wasn't uncommon for him to be, um, uh, asleep or for me to be asleep before him, like bolting out of the bedroom and, and almost borderline hysterical because I was like, I don't know how it got in. And I know this sounds crazy, but there is a giant spider behind the door. And I mean, not like a big, like, um, I, what I always think of, and this is dating myself, there was, was Garfield had a Halloween special or no, 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 it was a, it was a book. I had a book of Garfield scary stories that had this giant spider that was like, I don't know, a foot in diameter, like a, a giant, I thought something like that was behind the door. And again, looking back, you're like, that's, and I think my ex reacted kind of like, that's that's batshit crazy. There's nothing that's ridiculous. That's not logical. And I was so upset. I wouldn't walk back in the bedroom until a throw, like not just, we need to look behind the door. We need to look under the bed. We need to look everywhere. I was so convinced there was this, and 
and again, I was grown ass human at this point. I was I was in my probably early thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I've had, I don't I don't get it regularly. I know people who who regularly experience it. I do not experience it regularly, and I th- it does tend to be tied in. I have insomnia. Um, it does tend to be tied into to moments where I've I've been getting very little sleep, and then. Stress too. Stress um, will will trigger trigger some episodes, and a lot of mine. And it's weird because I have had some where I have been. I don't know how, if this is the right way to explain it. Like, it's similar to when I've had dreams on occasion. I've had nightmares on occasion where I've been able to talk myself into this idea that what I'm experiencing isn't real, and I know that. And I'm like, I know this is scary, and I know this is terrifying. But this isn't a real thing that's happening. And so what you need to do is jump off that cliff because you'll wake up. And it's going to suck, but you're going to wake up if you jump off that cliff. I've been able to... uh, That's wild. Have you never done that? I've not been able to control my dreams in that way, no. I don't always, but I've had certain patterns to my dreams where I remember a a dream I'd had. And again, it was a nightmare. But where when I jumped on the pavement of the sidewalk, I'd woken up. And so I'd had another nightmare and I had this thought of last time I jumped on the sidewalk, it went away. I woke up and I'm going to do that. And then I didn't wake up. And so I jumped off of a bridge. Um, Oh my God. That's like some inception shit. But it was, I was like, it was again, it's weird. It's weird. I don't, and I don't know enough about, I, I, I'd gone down some dream rabbit holes. This was, these were years ago, but um, I've had some where I've, I've woken up, I couldn't move. I thought I've been seeing things, but I've been able to talk myself down and just be like, mm, mm-hmm. yeah, but this is what you're experiencing. So I know that you think that there's somebody in the room, but X, Y, Z, but that spider one again, I, I, I think I alarmed him a little bit because I was, I was, um, how did he later describe it? He was like, you were kind of in a fugue state. You just, you wouldn't. You couldn't let go this idea that there was this giant monster spider in the bedroom that you'd seen. Or I thought, well, maybe it was a giant scorpion. I don't know. It could have come in through our groceries. Like, I was trying to rationalize it and logic it, and there wasn't any. And that was probably the worst one I ever experienced, only because I... I couldn't come down from it for a while. Where, Mm. Where a lot of other times I've had something like that happen, I've been able to kind of keep my composure to a mm-hmm. point mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense no, that makes sense that makes a lot of sense but also I, I think that you're really lucky that you can actually have that type of control in that type of environment yeah I don't know if it's I mean again I'm I'm a I'm a crap sleeper man I, I we've talked about this before not on the podcast but like I um I I struggle with sleep I struggle I I will I struggle with good sleep. Um, and, and so I don't know if some of it's actually tied into that, that, that I, I feel like even when I'm sleeping, I exist in such a point between reality and, and dreams already that there's some mm-hmm. part of my brain that never actually relaxes and acknowledges sleep is happening. I mean, then you talk about the REM stage yeah. of sleep too. Yeah. And like, that's part of it. Like I've experienced yeah. sleep paralysis one time and it was not mm. nearly as frightening as what you experienced. And I was able to wake myself up by wiggling my fingers. And like, I thought I saw a shadow yeah. like that. That's, but it was very brief. It was very quick. 
I was not as affected, I think, as you were, but it also wasn't as terrifying. <laughs> like, yeah. it just, it wasn't as bad. But I, I was aware of what was happening because I know about sleep paralysis. Yeah. And like, yeah. And understanding it's, it's, I know it that it's can, a thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's weird to be able to say that, like, there's times where I think you can kind of talk yourself down from things because yeah. you can let that logic take over. Um, yeah. And that's part of the incubus and succubus yeah. piece too. Yeah. Because like people didn't know that sleep paralysis was a sure. thing back then. Sure. And so the scientific explanation for the incubus attack is basically that a person experiences a state of disassociation, mm-hmm. which is part of the mental apparatus that comes to conscious awareness, even as the rest of the brain is in the REM stage of sleep. So it's exactly what you're talking about. And the body basically remains paralyzed to prevent acting out the dream, but the realization of not being able to move then causes you to be absolutely terrified. Yeah. Um, And the lack of control there is what's so terrifying. And technically, like, the potential sexual aspect of that type of experience is provided by the physiology, actually, of REM sleep. And REM sleep is when people get boners. And that's when women get wet when you're sleeping. Like it's during the REM cycle. And apparently awakening from a frightening experience and subconsciously recognizing something like that happening Mm -hmm. then connects that experience to, oh my God, something horrible is happening to me with a dark and evil force. Yeah. And so that's where that connection comes from. And so for a person who's experiencing something like that rational and scientific explanation does not have any kind of validity compared to the emotional response that your body is having. Uh It's literally what you just explained with the spider, like your scientific proof of, well, there's no such thing as a large, massive spider like that. But your brain is like, but no, I know what I saw. Uh I know what I experienced and differentiating that dream realm Uh from the awake realm can be very difficult. And from a, you know, psychological and political perspective, the legend of the succubus is pretty straightforward. And I think if you analyze it a little further based on what you and I were talking about, in a patriarchal world, Mm -hmm. men have always been intimidated by women who took control of their own lives and their own sexuality. So what are men going to do? They're going to demonize it. Oh, absolutely. Any kind of rebellious behavior, you're a witch. You're a succubus, right? It's mm-hmm. what we were talking about. And 20th century psychology tends to see these succubi creatures as dream symbols of repressed sexual feelings, too. So that's a nice little psychological analysis mm-hmm. for you. Succubus are actually believed to purely be mythological and folklore by psychiatrists um, and, you know, have been treating patients that allegedly suffer from these things by prescribing antipsychotic medications, even though the people suffering from these things have never expressed any type of need for antipsychotics ever before. They might not have any mental illness or physical disabilities. However, prescribing an antipsychotic gets rid of this experience. And it's uh, believed in the medical community that these attacks are actually really vivid dreams that occur during sleep paralysis. So it pulls it back to the sleep paralysis piece. 
Now, in 2018, the Industrial Psychiatry Journal published an article about a a handful of cases and studies that were done um, of people that have experienced stuff like this. And it was a study at Blom et al., uh, and it was conducted as a meta-analysis of 13 papers that studied an incubation phenomenon. That's what it was called. It's, It's basically like the incubus phenomenon, not like incubation period. Like you just have to separate those terminologies. But it's the experience of having an incubus or succubus experience. And the total number of subjects participating in the study, they had 1,800 subjects Mm. all over the place from Canada, America, Japan, Italy, and Mexico. Mm -hmm. And in one of the patients, the phenomenon was described during the awake state. And the second, another patient um, described the phenomenon during sleep. And both patients were fully convinced that they had these experiences against their will. They had delusional beliefs associated with the same type of situation. Um, And they fulfilled the diagnosis of schizophrenia based on the situation. Um, They were given antipsychotic medications and the symptoms went away. So it was a conclusion in the study that both patients had the phenomenon of a succubus. Now, on top of that, the percentage of people experiencing uh, incubation phenomena or incubus phenomena in their lifetime as a whole is about 11%. One in 10 people. Oh, really? Yep. That's it's bonkers. way higher than what a lot of people would think. And it's higher than the study even predicted. Hmm. And it's found that people with mental illness, uh, a tough life like refugees, mm-hmm. students that are, you know, stressed out, um, it's, it tends to happen often when people are sleeping on the back, um, have irregular sleep patterns, insomnia, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, um, and people who generally have anxiety, schizophrenia, any kind of delusional disorders are prone to having things like this happen. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's very unsettling. It sucks. And just to give you like a little bit of an overview, this is from that article. I just want to read this part to you Mm -hmm. quickly because I think it's important to hear it. The incubus phenomenon is a paroxysmal sleep-related disorder characterized by a feeling of pressure on the chest while the sleeping individual has the sensation of being awake. Attacks are typically accompanied by sleep paralysis and compound hallucinations involving a creature sitting or lying on the thorax, exerting pressure, and carrying out aggressive and or sexual acts. The creature may appear in the shape of a human, animal, or metaphysical being, or be of an intermediate nature. Attacks may occasionally commence with a scream, whereas for the remainder of the time, persons experiencing attack tend to be mute. Although they may be able to move their eyes, atonia of the striat muscles prevents them from making any other movements. Attacks are usually accompanied by the feeling of sensed presence and by vegetative symptoms such as pillow erection, a cold sweat, tachycardia, hypertension, a feeling of suffocation, and sometimes also sexual arousal. The duration tends to be in the order of seconds to minutes, culminating in a feeling of severe dread and the conviction that one is about to die. Around that time, the sleep paralysis tends to come to an abrupt ending and the hallucinated creature appears to fall or glide from the bed, leaving its victim behind in a state of anxiety and hyperarousal, being unable to go back to sleep out of fear for repetition. Wolf. 
That Uh. sounds terrible. Uh I don't want to ever experience something that bad. Um, Anyway, it's wild. Uh, There's a lot more information that we could get into on this. I'll post the link to this study in our show notes if you guys want to go through and review more in depth of what it says within that study. But I just wanted to give that overview of that because there is a fine line between sleep paralysis and this incubus phenomena as well as what people interpret as a succubus or incubus experience. So uh, it's all very similar. They all like kind of overlap a little bit. And um, there's usually underlying conditions that influence the the case and the situation. Um, The incubus phenomena has a tendency to stay out of mainstream conversations. It's something that not a lot of people know about, and it might be due to the embarrassment that the victims might experience based on the nature of something that's sexually charged, that's very personal and very challenging to, I'm sure, talk about, especially thinking about consent and rape. Mm -hmm. And like, this is literally that feeling without having proof for it. And so the, the type of emotional response a person must have to something like this is really traumatizing. So there's also a fear of stigma. Um, or fear of repetition, you know, religious people not wanting to necessarily be looked at as unpure mm-hmm. or something of that nature. Um, so what are you left to do if you're experiencing something like this, right? There's, it can be very challenging to deal with today in the past based on science, based on what kind of resources you might have. Yeah. But either way, uh, what do you do? You face the judgment of society, uh, your family, you take antipsychotics. And then have to think about it. Is it real or is it, is it a figment of your subconscious? So, hmm. Kim, what do you think it is? Um, I think, yeah, your subconscious point is, is a good one. I think um, there's a combination of factors here. I think there's probably a, a convenient way of, you know... I, I slept with a temptress last night, and, and uh-oh, I, my wife caught me. Oh, no, I didn't cheat. I, it was How a convenient. succubus. I mean, like, again, I, I think you've got a lot of different factors here. I think you're, you, you indeed have, um, particularly from a, a patriarchal standpoint, you have um, a way of, of further demonizing women. You have a way of repressing women's sexuality, which let's face it, like historically, you know, women being sexual creatures is not something that gets, uh, celebrated as, as much, at least not in a way, uh, when, when I say celebrated, I, I mean, uh, and we, we spoke on this a little earlier, you know, you're a woman who likes sex. You're a woman who embraces sex and you're, you're loose. You're a slut. You're a whore. You're pick, pick your, your (laughs) descriptive derogatory term of choice. Um, women are demonized for their sexuality. Quite literally. Literally. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. And, and I think that for me is probably the biggest thing that's in play is, is especially in our, from something that has its root. It seems like in, in a lot of religious texts, um, it's it's we're we're i mean fuck um there it is there it is there it is folks (laughs) i like i'm not uh, it's not my intention to 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 go political at all um in general i i for me this is not the outlet for it for me however um 
I think given what is happening right now. Yep. Is making our point. Um, I think there is a, a, because like even, even I think about, I was mentally cataloging horror films I knew that, that dealt with, with sex horror like this. Cause I thought, you know, it might be fun to speak to some for creepy critics corner. And I could think of a lot of, mm-hmm. um, succubus ones. Mm-hmm. I thought of a lot less, uh, incubus ones. Incubus ones. There are, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they do not exist. In fact, I believe there is one that's like actually just called the incubus. Um, but I could list off movies right now that deal with a sexual woman preying on men. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I will say, I think what's more common when we're looking at male creatures is I think you see and you could make an argument for this being a little bit of a kind of a contemporary take, even though it's not like a vampire, mm-hmm. which are, are, are usually looked at as being very sexual. I mean, again, their, their fangs are in you. If you're a male vampire with your fangs in a woman's neck, yes, you've got, you've got some sex stuff happening there and, and some, some, so, uh, vampire stuff. Sure. Incubus a lot less. Um, Women are demonized for for being sexual. Women are punished for being sexual. Women are punished for acknowledging their sexuality, for embracing their sexuality, for being something other than virginal, pure, and and you know, it's uh, yeah. So I, I feel strongly about this topic, friends. <laughs> I. It, it just, it sucks. It sucks to be punished for being a woman. And, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it's exhausting. It's tiring. It is. And it's been happening forever. Literally forever. Uh, like this is proof that it's been happening yeah. forever. Like Mesopotamia, 2400 Mesopotamia. BC. Like you would think that by now we would have grown You would bit. think, but also, <sighs> Fuck me. You would think that we still wouldn't be talking about Roe versus Wade. So, hey. What a way to wrap it up. It's not always a pleasurable thing to be a woman. Moral of the story is, if you got a succubus deep within yourself. I mean, let's face it. This is why I'm suck you by. Hey. And that's why Kim is the old hag. That's my male Um, hag, man. And, and this is our topic for episode 69. How perfect. How perfect. How it's almost like we, in, we we created it this way. We it's intended. almost like we did it on purpose. <gasps> what? Really? No way. And this brings us to... <laughs> Creepy Critics Corner. Creepy Critics Corner. Kim. What you watching? Um, too much of the queer pirate show. <laughs> yes, still. me too. Yeah, I'm still like I'm sorry. I know I talked about this last time. I'm still. I'm gonna talk about it one more time. Not really talk about. It, just be like y'all. Our flag Watch means it. death. My God, I. It brings me joy. It makes my queer heart happy. Um, yeah, but it's very good. It's very good. Um. I've watched a couple other things since then. Um, I watched a film called Hatching. Oh. It is a Finnish 
body horror film. Uh, female directed, which I love. You know how I love a, a good female mm-hmm. horror director. Uh, yep. it, it's super weird. It, it played at SIF. It's also currently playing in theaters. Uh, and the uh, idea behind it, it's, it's, it's a weird, weird film. Um, a, a young woman, young. I mean, she's she's 12, I think, in the film. And Dang, she's a, a gymnast. And her mom is like you know, mama Rose times, times 10, you know, stage mom, just kind of awful. And her mom is a, a, has her own like lifestyle blog and, and presents this very picturesque, very beautiful, my perfect blonde, gorgeous family. And she has a younger brother, you know, and, um, one day, a, a, a crow flies in the house and the mom snaps its neck. Oh no. And the girl wakes up cause she hears the crow and she goes out at night looking for it and finds it injured. So she, she then kills it to try to put it out of its misery. Uh-huh. But she finds an egg and the crow's egg, presumably. So she brings this egg back in to care for it. And the egg starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And the egg hatches into this weird bird monster. And it's, I mean, again, it's, it's very much kind of dark fairy tale. Um, mm-hmm. this, is, this is not something you're like, hey, realism. But um, if you are into body horror, which is its own thing, like I'm not always a body horror person, but but I I dug this. Uh, the stylized nature of how it's filmed is really, really, really lovely. Um, the puppet, the the giant weird bird monster animatronic puppet, is really cool. Uh, it's it's it, it's weirdly beautiful to watch, and I mean, you know finished horror film you don't get to see tons of those sure so uh no that was that was a fun one to see in theaters um i've watched a couple other horror films that i might bring forth on other creepy critics corners but i do want to give a shout out since we are talking about succubus and incubus uh two other films one i actually the there's a new season of the last drive-in with joe bob briggs and those of you who know me know my love for the last drive-in with joe bob briggs uh, I actually like they made it to the Christmas card my when they came to Crypticon and and Yay. I block the time out of my calendar. One of the movies that was shown this past weekend was Death by Temptation, which I had never seen. It's a 1990 American horror film about a succubus. Nice. And I have to say, like, it's a little silly. And and it's definitely watching it now, 32 years later, you're like, yeah, this is kind of a ridiculous movie that was made in 1990, but the actors are so freaking good. And particularly, and my understanding is she never did another movie, is the the woman who plays the um succubus? The succubus. Or the temptress, I think is how she's she's actually um credited. And and uh Cynthia Bond who is is just phenomenal and who went on like again I, I I'm believing that she did not do another movie 
But she wrote a novel called Ruby uh, in in 2014 that was like a bestseller and Oprah's book club and all that. But it's oh wow, yeah. Um, but it, it it was a really interesting movie. And if you if you're looking for kind of like a, a fun like late 90s horror, it's a good one. Um, also, this is a movie that I think when it first came out, it got a lot of hate and unfairly. Got a lot of hate. I think some of it had to do with the the lead, and that is the movie Jennifer's Body. Oh, I remember that movie. That movie holds up. It holds up to a rewatch. It holds up to 2022 to watching this film. It's it's good, man. It's good. You've got a great cast. You've got snappy dialogue. Um and and Megan Fox kind of again. I, I think she's gotten sort of a bad rap. I really enjoy that movie. It's one that I liked it when it came out. I've continued to really like it. And you have another, uh, you know, succubus monster girl in in this beautiful cheerleader body who's eating her male classmates. And you know what? Good for her. Yeah, good, good on her. for her, man. So she's those going are, places. She's going places. So those are my my. Films I'm throwing out there. How about you? Um, well, I've been watching Our Flag Means Death. Yeah, you have, because it's fucking awesome. It's so good. I watched seven episodes, eight, eight episodes since the last time we recorded. So I haven't finished it yet. We have one more. I'm holding on for dear life for the last episode. Um, it's so good, though. And oh. just the... The comedy in it is, I just want Terrence to be, like, three different characters for Halloween and, like, just dress him up as Mr. Buttons, wear a skin-colored onesie with a nice uh, little, pel- or not pelican, seagull, seagull on his shoulder and just bask in the moonlight. I like, will I, say, the actor that plays Lucius. Oh, he's great. I, I adore him. Of course you do. I'm not surprised at He's all. a bitchy gay man. I love bitchy gay men. And the finger part. Oh, God, the <laughs> finger ridiculous. part was so funny. <laughs> Gross. Um, we won't <laughs> give anything away. You guys should watch it. It's on HBO Max if you haven't seen it yet. Um, I tried to watch it yesterday, and it accidentally oh. was playing in uh, Portuguese with I, I Portuguese subtitles. Those, um, and I don't know how that happened, I but mean, don't watch it in Portuguese unless you speak Portuguese, friends. Um, otherwise, it's not going to make any sense. But I've been watching that, so I don't want to take up too much time talking about it since we've already said how much we love it you should watch it you should watch it just watch it man but yeah so i've been watching that that's great i love it it's awesome i've also been watching my share of trash tv because what would my life be if i did not watch trash tv there is a show on netflix called the circle it's really dumb but i can't not watch it like it's it's one of those but it's basically like a bunch of people sign up to be in individual rooms in the same like apartment building, everybody has their own apartment and they talk through basically like texting, but it's through a TV. And so they have a uh, description of who they are. It either is them or they're posing as someone else as a catfish. And it's a game to win a bunch of money. And the goal is everyone gets voted off by the top two influencers um, every week. And so Hmm. it's definitely like a competitive game, but it is about basically like convincing people that you're friends with them so that they vote for you so that you don't get voted off ultimately is, is the game. 
but you they don't know if everyone else on the show is real or not. You do as the viewer, but everybody else has only the idea of who they are. And so what got me really excited about this season is that the Spice Girls are in it. So Baby Spice <gasps> and Scary Spice are both nice. pretending to be a regular person as a team in the game. Oh, it's wild. Like, I wouldn't have watched it unless they were in it. And I watched, like, the first five episodes, but they've been releasing it as, like, five episodes first, and then, like, two weeks later, another five episodes. So I binged as much as I could. And, you know, then I just had to watch another show, which I have been waiting to watch. You'll either love it or you'll hate it. I don't know where you'll fall, but I freaking love Mike Myers. I love Austin Powers. I love everything he's ever done. So I Married an Axe Murderer is one of my favorite movies of all mm, time. That's a great movie. That really is a great movie. His humor is so dumb, but so good. And so, like, if you were to take Austin Powers and a show about the Illuminati, you get uh. the Pentaveret. Which is the new show. It's a limited series on Netflix that Mike Myers just put out. We watched the whole thing in one day. It's got eight episodes. They're only like 30 minutes each. It doesn't take that long to watch it. I will love Mike Myers forever. And so I really appreciated it. And it's really nice to see him put something out after not putting anything out for a really long time. So Pentaveret. It's ridiculous. There's lots of really great comedians in it and uh, a good time. And that's what I've been watching. Nice. But having said that, thank you so much for listening, guys. And if you like what we do, check us out anywhere on social meds. Uh, Ghoulish Tendencies podcast. Our um, Patreon is Ghoulish Tendencies podcast as well. And if you like what we do, head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to rate and review us and share the knowledge with your friends. So thank you so much for listening. And stay, stay spooky. spooky.